Welcome back to the Iona College Athletics Podcast, Episode 4. John Stanko being joined by Jack Clark and Garrett Murray talking some Gale sports. Guys, how you doing? Doing great. Yeah, I'm good. Glad to be back. How are you? I'm doing all right. Do you got power back after that tropical storm? I know it was an adventure for all of us in terms of uh, the way that affected us all. Yes, I am back, thankfully. Back operating at full capacity. Took a couple days, but we're back and running. We are back and running. We are back and running. I should say, while we're not all in the office, us three actually did get to see each other earlier in the week and got to play some golf together. So that was a ton of fun. Uh, so it was good to see you guys again. Uh, as I would say, campus is getting a little bit more populated in all the, the proper protocols and following all those special guidelines. But the offices are starting to get more filled, more coaches being seen on campus. And this past weekend was moving day, as now school has officially started. The day of this recording, August 10th, the student athletes are back in school, back in the classroom. Uh, so first week class is all online, and then it's to the hybrid system that the institution has talked about over the past couple months, welcoming everyone back. Garrett, being a student athlete yourself, obviously this year is different. You can't relate to it in every way, shape, and form. But what was that first week of classes like back when you were both not only around your teammates, but also taking classes with them and kind of blending the two sort of things? Uh, it, it was like a fun week. Because classes, you're just getting started, syllabus week, um, you're just starting practices, you're getting to know new guys and stuff, and it's just fun. Um, miss it a lot, I'll tell you that much. I think we can all agree syllabus week was the best week of the entire school year. Mm -hmm. It was nice to have two syllabus weeks, two syllabi weeks. Yeah, two right syllabi. Is, is it syllabi or syllabus? It's got to be syllabi. Syllabi. It was the worst when you had a professor who didn't give a syllabus day and just taught a whole class and kept you the entire time. Especially on those hour and 18-minute classes, you're like, oh, come on, dude. It's true. It's true. I mean, the professors are doing their job. They're taking the time they can, but it's just not, it's just not what the student wants. Nope. Well, the Gales are kind of welcome back. The student was kind of welcome back on Sunday night, uh, this past Sunday, August 9th, uh, when Iona Athletics held its annual welcome back meeting with the student athletes and the staff over Zoom with Director of Athletics, Matthew Vosky, uh, kind of leading the charge. He spoke for almost an hour just by himself about um, what the student athletes can expect this year, what is still kind of unfolding with the new developments of the Heinz Center in terms of the training rooms, in the, re the refueling station, uh, as well as the kind of social responsibility and the power that these student athletes have to set an example for the school. So, Jack, what was kind of what was your takeaway from that welcome back meeting that Makovaski hosted on Sunday night? Well, I thought the most impressive part was, like you said, Matt just going nonstop for an hour and laying everything out in, like you said, nice organized fashion. Um, that PowerPoint definitely helped, and I hope that everyone heeded what he said and paid attention, wasn't on their phones. Um, but I thought it was a good all around. And like you said, obviously, um, advising the students to harbor that power that they have and use the responsibility and be responsible so that we can ensure the safest possible environment and get back to doing what we know and what we love. And of course, too, I like how he laid the foundation for our social media, uh, plans and, um, the training that we'll have with student athletes. Those are always fun. Those, those are always fun. It's fun uh, to see student-athletes' uh, reactions to some social media mishaps that happened over the past year that we kind of highlight. So those are always a little bit fun half-hour sessions that we teach the student-athletes. 
Um, and obviously Matt kind of voiced about how the students can be a voice for change. And it was also announced uh, today on August 10th, uh, Max Sack, Student Athlete Advisory Committee at the conference level announced an initiative today, a voter registration, voter registration initiative. Say that 10 times fast because I speak too fast and I can't. But a voter registration initiative to take place over the summer and the fall with the goal to make sure the student athletes have the ability and the means to exercise their right to vote on election day. I think safe to say, Garrett, that this is something that everyone can get behind, that everyone should be in, be in favor of. And I'm excited to see how not only Iona SAC, but also at the conference level, what that SAC office does to, does to perpetuate this all the way until November. Well, it's important and it gives us a voice. Like a lot of people say, the younger generations are the voice for the future and it's time for us. We're at the age where we are the change and we have to come out and vote to make a change. Yeah, absolutely. I think also Mack in yesterday's Welcome Back meeting highlighted women's basketball under head coach Billy Chambers. They've done a great job on their social media channels, kind of definitely showing their voice, showing their message uh, and their own unique way with their own team brand. So props to the women's basketball program there. In relation to the uh, voter registration initiative, there's a direct link on maxsports.com where students can fill out a quick survey to get the information to register to vote, super duper easy. And stay tuned not only to Iona College social media platforms and icegales.com, but also maxsports.com and all the max social media platforms for more information to follow. And later this upcoming week, we'll be having an interview with Iona SAC President Jamie Smith and fellow executive board member Gabriel Finch kind of talk about the MAC initiatives that are going to be, uh, the SAC initiatives, excuse me, that are going to be coming out over the next couple months. And honestly, you guys, the one thing we can say is that since the last time we taped this podcast, this is all under the backdrop that the fall sports have been canceled, which was announced on July 27th. Um, tough news for all of us to hear with the MAC Council presidents agreeing to cancel the fall sports due to obvious health and safety concerns regarding the COVID-19 crisis, which is still an ongoing discussion for many conferences, including the Power Five at the day of recording here about what's going to happen. So. A tough decision. We don't know if the sport's going to be played in the spring yet. That's kind of up for, it's up in the air, and it'll be termed at a later time and date by the council presidents. But I guess both of you guys, what was your first reaction when the news finally dropped um, and when it became official? It sucks. There's no real way to sugarcoat it, you know. And um, obviously, like we continue to stress, it, it's the most important thing is the health and safety. And um, the committee and the council presidents felt that this was necessary to make this decision and you just have to roll with the punches here. And obviously I, I can't understand what so any athlete feel, feels, especially the seniors. Um, obviously you just hope that eligibility wise, they're able to come back and, and not lose a season. And, you know, hopefully we'll see uh, how things play out and we can play that those seasons in the spring. Yeah, it's tough. We, we live for sports. Um, our jobs revolve around sports, and it's a tough bullet to bite. Yeah, I don't think it's not news anyone wanted to hear, but it's also very understandable why that decision was made to keep everyone safe. And there was a ton of planning to try and make it happen. We had meetings every week, and I can only imagine the meetings that we weren't privy to to try and make this happen. But unfortunately, that was a decision that, that came down on July 27th. So with that being said, you know those fall sports, the fall sports won't be able to compete. Us as, a, us as a communication staff are going to be working to highlight those sports as much as we can during the fall with various interviews, highlights, and social media campaigns. 
So we'll make sure that those student athletes still feel like they're involved on campus and still feel that they're recognized as part of Gale Nation for sure, despite not being able to play on the competitive field. But one thing that's continuing to roll for Iona College Athletics is these social media campaigns. Uh, since last time we taped, there's been numerous MAC 40-year anniversary teams announced, uh, including men's and women's indoor track and field and men's golf. I can say that they're working on the men's golf one for myself. A lot of sneaky success in this program uh, that dated back to well before my time, well before I knew, and I got to talk to some interesting characters trying to solve that all out. Uh, Pat Lyons, former AD, former golf coach, former golf player, got in my ear for 10 minutes, and I could say I learned more about the program in 10 minutes talking to Pat Lyons than I did anything that I knew about the 1990s beforehand. So it was really, really interesting. And a big shout out to Coach Sean Burke being recognized as a coaching representative there. Absolutely. He gave a great quote in the recap article on icegales.com, really praised his student athletes uh, for, the, for the success that they've had because they had a chance to three-peat this past spring before it was canceled. They were atop the MAC. They're one of the better teams. And guess what? They're bringing those boys back again. So they're hunting for that three-peat to match what the team in the early 2000s did, be the second to ever do it. Uh, and then also we've had our 2010s All-Decades team rolling out. Uh, last week we had Women's Water Polo All-Decade team with uh, leading vote getter Hannah Schultz. Uh, Garrett, you were in charge of that campaign. What was kind of your biggest takeaway from that All-Decade team working with head coach Brian Kelly and, and seeing those results uh, kind of fall in? A lot of wins. A lot of wins. Uh, a lot of girls on that All-Decade team that were part of the three-peat from 2012 to 2014. Um, just a lot of wins and a lot of accolades for the individual athletes. Probably some of the most decorated athletes maybe in Iona history right there. With the amount of awards they have. It's freaking crazy how consistent that program has been. Super under the radar in terms of just constantly reaching the MAC tournament every single year and constantly competing uh, for that MAC title. So credit to head coach Brian Kelly there. And also this, uh, this two weeks ago, excuse me, we had Iona softball all-decade team, which Jack, I know you worked on. And there was a lot of winning with that program too. And a lot of uh, some names that we, that I knew because I went to school with them and I worked close with the softball program. And I think our current head coach, Katie Jansen, knows this decade very well, both as a player and as a coach. I had a chance to talk with head coach Katie Jansen, who obviously was voted as a representative as a catcher. and. She had experience playing with every single member of the 12 voted on the team and had some coaching experience with those, you know, obviously part of that three-peat and part of Iona's first ever national postseason win. So Coach Katie had a lot to say. Being joined by the head coach of the Iona softball program and a member of the Iona softball 2010 all-decade team as voted on by the fans, Coach Katie, how are you? I am good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Thank you for joining us. We'll get right down to it, talking about, obviously, the softball all-decade team as voted on by the fans, as previously mentioned. And this is something we ran throughout the week. We've been running with our sports as part of uh, highlighting, obviously, the past decade of, of all the successful student-athletes we've had. And we look at the softball program this past decade, a very successful one, and one that you've been a part of as an athlete, an assistant coach, and now head coach. And you were selected by your peers as a representative mm -hmm. at the catcher position. We went through and, and we, we went position by position, one catcher, 
four infielders, three outfielders, and three pitchers. We had a tie in the outfield slot, so we had four representatives. We'll get to that down the line. But let's start at the catcher position. And like we mentioned, you are the representative for the softball program this past decade. Yeah. Um, first of all, I guess I thank everybody who voted for me. I honestly thought maybe my mom and dad were going to be the only people that voted for me. So, um, you know, obviously I coached Tori, who I think was the other, you know, option besides write-ins. And I personally think Tori was way better than me, but it's a pretty cool honor. And obviously there's a lot of really, really, really talented girls on it who I actually was able to, to play with all of them. So even the, there were three who were freshmen my senior year. So that's pretty, um, you know, fun to look back on. And it just kind of brought back some really good memories of a lot of success. And as you mentioned, we talked about uh, off air was that you played with every single one of the representatives on this team. And you also had a hand in, in coaching some of them as an assistant coach um, for their senior seasons. One of them is our first representative in the infield, 2017 graduate, Katie Newton. Oh, she was um, honestly probably one of the most competitive people I've ever known, which was really fun to play with because she pushed everybody every day and always wanted to win. Um, and it was really fun too having a freshman kind of really going for it right from the start. And obviously it paid off for her. She had a really great career. Yeah. And you look at, she had success both on the field and off the field and, and was very involved off the field. She uh, served as the student athlete advisor. That's right president during her senior season uh, what was that like you know have everything come full circle like you said you're a senior and you Katie Kristen and Ashlyn uh, representatives on this all-decade team players you played with as a senior and then like I said it comes full circle and now you're one of their leaders uh, off the field as the assistant coach what, what was that like for you I mean, it was, I thought when I was a senior and they were freshmen, it was pretty obvious that they were going to have great careers. They played a lot as freshmen, which is not always an easy thing to do. Um, and then, especially like you said, them being good um, ambassadors on campus and student leaders. So it was really fun to see them kind of all grow up, uh, not just as becoming better softball players, but really grow into who they were going to be as people. So that was really fun. And we talked about the or mentioned the success that the program had in this past decade. Obviously, you were part of that three-peat um, MAC championships from 2010 to 2012, and a lot of the players on this list were a part of that three-peat and also part of uh, some other championships. One of them was a, our next honoree in the infield, Brianna Shower, 2015 graduate, graduate was two-time champ. She caught the tail end of that three-peat, and then was also part of that 2014 championship team. Brie, I mean, she was so awesome. She started as, um, was a starting shortstop as a freshman, you know, which is kind of a lot of pressure, right? Especially on a team that's had a lot of success that she joined with. It was two in a row when she got there or three, two in a row once she came in. So, um, and then she, she really fit right in right away. Super consistent, steady, make all the plays and, you know, just steady her whole career and even keeled. Personality-wise, super funny, sarcastic, always making everybody laugh. So she was just awesome to have out there. And the first one that we'll go over that was part of that three-peat, uh, Chelsea Sheehan, 2012 graduate. Probably, honestly, one of the most versatile athletes that I think I've seen. She played 
I'm pretty sure every infield position, maybe not first base, but I know when I played, she started games at shortstop, second base, third base, and I think she even dabbled in the outfield. So I'll never forget to, I think it was in 2011, my freshman year in the MAC tournament, she had like a maybe 20 plus pitch at bat and then was able to get on base in the, like, I think it was the seventh inning of the winner take all championship game. And I remember I was like covering my eyes so nervous, but also knowing like it's Chelsea, she's going to get it done. She always does. But um, legitimately, I think one of the most versatile athletes ever. I'm pretty sure she played every position except for first base pitcher catcher in her career. Now, another player that fits the mold of getting it done and, and always having, um, you know, belief that they're going to get that big hit in that big spot. That's Kristen Turner, the mm -hmm. final infield uh, honoree. When she came in as a freshman, she just had this like super goofy personality and that I think translated to how well she played because it was almost like nothing really got to her ever. Um, even though everybody knew she was a stud and was clearly, if not the best player, the second best player on our team because she played with Eileen overlapped a year, um, but set so many records, rookie of the year, um, and then just kind of never let up. Sometimes I think people you've seen throughout the MAC or any kind of career, their freshman year, they have a great rookie year and then kind of dip a little bit and then bring their way back up. But Kirsten never did that. So um, I've, I don't think I've seen anybody hit softballs farther than her, maybe except for Alyssa Mays. Um, and she was so fun. And just, you knew every time she was up a lot of clutch hits, I believe a walk-off grand slam when she was a freshman at one point. So, um, and then I think her last hit of her career was the, the clinching, the record clinching hit. So like talk about pressure, you do it now or you don't do it at all. And she did it. So pretty cool. And of course, uh, Kristen, Katie and Ashlyn, all 2017 graduates were part of the program's first ever national postseason win at the national invitational softball championship in 2017, something that you were a part of as an assistant coach. So now what was that like for you? Obviously you had the success during your career with the conference championships but never got over that hump to get that first national postseason win. And now as an assistant coach, you got to be a part of that. Yeah, that 2017, yeah, 2017 team was really, um, that was a special group. It was unfortunate. We just had one bad day and the way the tournament Mac tournament was set up that year was that the one and two seats could get eliminated on the same day, which I thought was wrong and it's been fixed, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, we just had one bad day, but we got a chance to play in that NISC tournament, which kind of, I think, I'm pretty sure that was the first year that it had taken off. So um, it was really cool. We went to Liberty, which was one of the nicest facilities, including Oklahoma, Cal, and Washington that I've been at. So to play there was a really great experience, you know, for me to coach and then for the girls to play. Um, and then to get that win, it just shows kind of the progress, I think, of this program and how far it's come. You know, like, like you said, we weren't able to ever get an NCAA tournament win, but we had a lot of really close games, extra inning games, one-run games um, in, those, in those NCAA tournaments. So, you know, we kind of explained it to the girls as like, all right, now you've had this experience in a big postseason tournament that can help us, you know, in the future. Right, and you guys, like you mentioned, playing at some of those facilities, playing at some of the top teams in the country and teams that have been successful for – 
as long as you can remember. Mm -hmm. And obviously that win was the culmination of, of all the success that the team had in this past decade. When we look now to the outfield, the first honoree was someone that we went, uh, we went over together when we were going over the ballot um, offline. It's Allie Hand, someone that we didn't know exactly where to put her. And you said we had her in the infield. You said she was more of an outfielder, but someone that was versatile and could play wherever she was needed. Yeah, so she, maybe my junior year, I think it was in 2013 season, she played infield. We had a lot of injuries. So some people, you know, had to get shuffled around and she stepped up and did what she had to do in the infield. But I remember Allie as uh, an outfielder her freshman year. She started in the outfield and when we won um, the 2012 MAC championship. And then, um, you know, in the 14 MAC championship year, she was out there and tiny frame, but one of the sweetest swings you'll ever see. Uh, and for, you know, a smaller, you'd think she'd be more of only a singles hitter, but with her she had a lot of power so I think she was you know underestimated by some people because of her size but she could really hit she like we mentioned was a part of a three-way tie with uh, two of the other honorees who we'll get to the leading vote getter in the outfield was Eileen McCann right. the only player <laughs> in history with four MAC championships and the program's most recent MAC player of the year I mean you'd arguably say she's the, the best player to ever come through our program with all of the records she's had for MAC championships, which I don't think anybody, not anybody at Iona, I don't know about anybody even in the MAC has ever had. So um, unfortunate, her true senior year, she got hurt, but um, lucky for us, she was able to come back. And then her, you know, her redshirt senior year was one of the best single seasons I think ever in Iona history. So um, fiery and competitive. She was another one, kind of like Katie Newton, super competitive, wanted to win everything, whether it was conditioning or, you know, a board game, <laughs> anything. She always wanted to win, and obviously that showed that she had that great of a career because she was super competitive and, you know, probably one of the most feared players ever in this conference. You mentioned that redshirt senior season for her uh, being one of the best ever. She had a 432 batting average, which stands as the program's best mark. Probably will stand for a long time. <laughs> Just one of three players, Allison Higgs and Maureen Shea, who were, uh, they also hit over 400 in a single season, and they were part of the MAC 40-year team, uh, McCann, Turner, and one player we'll get to later, joined them on that celebratory team. Um, and as mentioned before, Ashlyn Morris, 2017 graduate, uh, Iona's third honoree on the All-Decade. Ash was always steady at the top of the lineup. Left-handed bat, could kind of do it all, slap drag, hit away. Um, and then in the outfield, same thing, just consistent her whole career. Somebody that you always knew was going to get on base. It might not have been the flashiest thing you've ever seen, but you know having her in the lineup was um, you know, almost a guarantee that, that you were going to get some sort of production and results out of her, always. Final honoree in the outfield, a 2013 graduate, and the all-time leader in games played in that bats, Jody Peterson. Same thing with Jody, super competitive, very tough. I remember when I played outfield a little bit when I was a freshman out in right field, it was so nice having her in center field because I knew I only had to cover a little bit of ground because she could take over and cover almost all of the outfield by herself, which was awesome. 
I'll never forget one catch at home back when we had the old, old fence, the like white PVC pipe looking portable fence that the wind would knock over, but she made a full running catch, caught the, caught the ball as she was crashing through the fence, you know, at home. And we have a huge outfield back in the day. It was like 236 feet away to center field and she could cover all of that ground, which like I said, for me, you know, as a freshman kind of trying to figure it out out in right field when I wasn't catching, uh, was really nice to have her out there to save my butt on multiple occasions. Um, and then she was also kind of a top of the lineup, sneaky power and stole a lot of bases too, I believe. So, um, she's a, to me, can't miss. You have to have her on your all decade team. Let me move to the pitcher, pitcher selections. Uh, all three of them were battery mates of yours, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, the first, and these pitchers too, a lot of them uh, two-way players, one of them being Carly Argyle, 2016 graduate, did it on the mound and with the bat. Carly, I think in that 2014 year, um, was obviously probably, I think, her best of her four years. Uh, she was the most outstanding player in the tournament, and she pitched amazing deadly change up, which threw everybody for a loop. She'd strike out a lot of people with that change up. Um, and then she hit a home run in the Mac tournament against Fairfield. And anyone who's been to Fairfield, it's a pretty big park. And she like launched it over the batting cages out in left field after we had like a two hour rain delay. It was the longest, felt like the longest day ever. And then she just hit that bomb and it was like, Oh, thank God. Okay. And like at that moment, I think was when we all knew in 2014, all right, no worries. We're going to win the tournament. You know, Los can do that and pitch that well, as well as she did. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we weren't worried even a little bit then after that. The second of the three honorees, Sarah Jackson, who was also that fifth member of the MAC 40-year celebration, a two-time MAC Pitcher of the Year. She was probably, um, quite honestly, the best pitcher I've ever caught in my life. And, you know, I played with some pretty decent girls in travel ball. And obviously, Carly and Alyssa, Mace, too, were, were incredible pitchers. But um, as far as, you know, have truly knowing how to pitch and the smarts of pitching and game sense, um, she was one of the best. And obviously, I think the most feared pitcher since I've been around the Mac since, oh, my God, 2011. I don't think I've seen anybody quite as good as her. Um, she threw hard, a lot of movement, kind of could work all planes, really good curveball. That was, you know, one of her best pitches, if not her best pitch. So, um, you know, that's tough to hit on the outside corner of the plate. And she was also super competitive. And one of the things I always appreciated most about her was that, you know, she had no problem holding, you know, me accountable. If I didn't block a ball, she'd let me know. And she was right. You know, we needed to be, you know, better in that sense. But she, um, she was awesome. And a 2012 graduate. You've mentioned her name already, Alyssa Mays, uh, a huge component in Iona's three-peat and one of the program's best two-way players of all time, despite coming to Iona 2010, not playing full four seasons. Right. I think she was only here for three years. So, um, you know, considering she put up all the numbers that she did and is in the top 10 in so many categories in only three years uh, is amazing. And I think it was 11 and 12 were really her, her full, full years that she played all the time. So, um, besides Kristen Turner, I don't think I've any ever seen anybody hit softballs. She, you know, it's her or Turner, 
who, you know, they hit him to the street practically at home, which is a, a shot, as you know, than just absolute moonshots. And um, another one who in practice, you know, she always wanted to to challenge us. And I think she really liked pitching BP to us because she had fun striking us out and, and, <laughs> and um, you know, getting us out. But it, it obviously made us so much better. But um, through super heavy ball it, she destroyed my hand <laughs> catching her was you know I had a I still have a messed up hand because of her she threw so hard but um uh being able to pitch and then when she wasn't pitching to put her at third base most of the time she played um and be a really good defender on defense as well as a good pitcher and hitter you know she she really did it all now you mentioned something interesting that I didn't think of. Obviously, you know, you played with all these pitchers and, and you caught for them. But something that maybe people don't consider is that obviously you talk about how successful they are and how good of pitchers they were. You actually got to be in the box and face them occasionally. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, practice when they'd throw live. It was awful and awesome at the same time. Because, like, you know, you know what's coming and you still can't hit it. It's so frustrating because they were that good. Were that <laughs> any of the three or any anyone not listed that you had particular troubles with all of them yeah. you know it's like I sh and I should know exactly what's coming because I catch them every day I should be able to tell and even when I did know it was still you know still couldn't freaking hit it <laughs> testament to the success you mentioned uh, but that wraps up the a look at the all decade team um we appreciate all the fans voting and, you know, highlighting, helping us highlight the success that we mentioned the program has had over the past decade. And thank you, Coach, for joining us and, you know, talking about your experience playing with and coaching some of these athletes. And, of course, congratulations on the honor of being selected, a well-deserved honor. Thank you. You know, it was fun to talk about all this stuff again and to look back at a lot of really good memories. Now, hopefully, looking forward to this season look forward to getting out there and of course in the most safe and healthy environment we look forward to that oh personal. yeah we'll start this decade off on a good note for sure i hope so again thank you for joining us hope to talk to you soon thanks jack talk to you later Jack, great interview. We appreciate coach jansen giving us a good 20 minutes to talk about tons of the success that she's been a part of and then the most recent all-decade team that we kind of ran with on social media was swimming and diving. And, Jack, you got to talk to the encyclopedia of the Iona swimming and diving program, both on the men's and women's side, head, co head coach Nick Cavatero. Yes, encyclopedia is the best way to describe this interview that you'll listen to. Nick knows everything, anything and everything about the program, and he did a good job of highlighting all the well-deserved honorees on the team. For our second interview of the podcast, we welcome on the aforementioned encyclopedia, the head coach of the swimming program here at Iona, Nick Cavatero, who was also recently named as one of the four coaching representatives on the MAC 40-year anniversary team. Nick, can you start with uh, just talking about that honor and what that means to you? Well, you know, that it, it's certainly a nice honor along with the other, you know, the, uh, the other colleagues. I think the... Um, you know, that's a product of longevity. I think, you know, we've, we've had longevity and consistency. I mean, we've been, you know, we've had probably more top, you know, top four finishes than, you know, than really anybody in, in, in the league. Um, you know, and I, and I've been at every, 
MAC championship since the first one, I think, back at uh, LaSalle. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a nice recognition. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can continue to build off of what we did this year in particular. And one of the things that we highlighted, Nick, as part of that was not only the success that you guys have had athletically, but academically as well. Both programs have, you know, been a constant uh, named to CSCAA uh, post uh, All-America teams. Just can you talk about the importance of that, obviously? Outside. No, it, it, it's, it's certainly important to, to, to me, the, our team members, thankfully, uh, that uh, they buy into the, um, the need, you know, to do well in the classroom. Uh, swimmers, you know, seem to, by, by nature, have a lot of discipline. And, you know, when that discipline, you know, transfers into the classroom or the classroom transfers into athletics, um, you know, the results can be really, really positive. And that's what we've been seeing with the consistent listening on the college uh, some coaches, uh, scholar athlete lists, or MAC, uh, all academic uh, listings. It's something that the team takes particular pride in. And we see a little rivalry got back and forth between the men and the women, uh, the women and I've been on a streak here where they've been a little bit ahead of men in terms of GPA and the men are, you know, men are scratching and calling to get, to get ahead of them. So it's, um, I think by nature, the discipline of, of the sport, um, you know, really forces uh, our kids to do well academically and it's something that we're proud of. All right. So let's get into the all decade teams fan vote that ran throughout the course of the week last week. Six honorees from each side. We'll start on the men's side. First honoree, Matthew Bossy, graduated 2019. Yeah, I mean, Matt was a, uh, a team captain, just a real scratcher and claw. You know, he had, a, he had, he had some real, uh, real skill in backstroke, uh, 100, 200, but really trans, transformed himself into a, uh, a really powerful, uh, you know, 50, 100, and 200 guy. And he was a monster on uh, relays. And when I say 1,500, 200, I'm talking about freestyle. Um, and was a real fighter. He, he had maybe one of his best training years in his uh, junior season. And then all, got up to the, to the Buffalo and to the MAC championship and just had a tremendous bout with uh, the flu. And, and he didn't miss a race. <clears throat> Excuse me. Made it, back in, made it back in the finals. Didn't get the time results he wanted. But was a real contributor and was a leader through through that whole uh, experience. And I, I think he, he certainly earned the respect of everybody on the team. And I think throughout the league, knowing he wasn't feeling well at all and, and got, through the, got through the meet and was able to contribute. But um, whether it was 50, 50 back on a medley relay, 50 free on a 200 free relay, going to the, uh, the, uh, the NIT meet, uh, he, he really wanted to swim fast every time. Our next honoree was Christian Fody, graduated a year before Matt, a top five MAC championship point scorer in program history. Yeah, I mean, Christian really, you know, really was one of those guys that elevated everybody in the, uh, in the pool around him in our practices. You know, and he came from a, he came from a background where really his, his high school swimming, he was a high school swimmer and a uh, beach lifeguard. And, and didn't really swim in any club. 
and was really a, a, a 200 freestyler and an average at best, but he had great size, great will, great determination, and was, was fearless in every practice. And he wanted to win every, every repeat of every, every set that he did. Um, and that's really what elevated him to become, you know, really step-by-step step into a, you know, go from a, you know, an, an average 200 freestyler to a great 200 freestyler to a average 500 guy to a great 500 guy, school record holder, uh, to a really a, a dynamic 1,000 and 1,650 swimmer um, and really, really enjoyed being on relays. Um, you know, whether it was a 400 free relay, the 800 free relay, he would have loved to have been on the 200 free relay, but that, that um, you know, we can only have so many spots, but um, really a dynamic swimmer, um, you know, for us in all four years uh, and got better every year and, and, and every event. And Christian earned a spot on that 40-year celebration team hosted by the MAC, another athlete who ended up on that team as well as the all-decade team, and he's known as the most decorated swimmer in Iona history, Justin Griggle. Um, you know, Justin will, will always uh, have a special place in, in, I think, Iona swimming history. He, he was um, – he scored the most points ever. He, he, he always saved his best swim for real A, and almost every time he was anchoring that real A, whether it was the 200 free, the, the um, you know, the 400 free, the 800 free real A, he, 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 was, he was just relentless in, in attacking every swim that he did, every practice. Uh, he came in and, you know, um, at a time when, you know, we were arguably or maybe by perception – at a low in terms of uh, being, you know, just under the middle of the Mac and made, again, one of those guys who made everybody better. Um, and where he was prim primarily a freestyler, um, there was a year, I think his second year, where we just, I, I forget what the exact circumstances were, but we had nobody that could swim, swim backstroke. And he said, you know, Nick, I was, I swam a little backstroke in high school and he swam backstroke on our, our 400 medley relay and we ended up making, you know, uh, you know, gaining a medal. I mean, that's, he would do anything anything and everything that, that we needed to win. Um, and, um, you know, left here with records, I think in the, in the uh, 200, 500 free um, and, you know, top, you know, top three, I think all time in the, in the thousand and the mile. Yep. 200 free, 500 free and the thousand free at the time of his graduation, he was a school record holder. Yep. Four time qualifier for the NIC and the ECAC championships. Now, the next athlete is the lone athlete on the all-decade team that's still competing on the team today. That's Connor Mullen. You know, Connor is uh, um, is an an interesting guy. He, he's going into his senior year. Um, he he has really made himself better through his consistent work in in the uh, in the pool within the weight room. He's he's one of our strongest kids, uh, you know, uh, on the team. Uh, his weight room uh, work, particularly with his his legs and the ability to make his underwaters better, um, is uh, legendary among the team. He constantly tests tests better um, than anybody in 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 the weight room and in the in, in Coach Shaver's test sets. And um, you know, he he really enjoys making himself better and, and believes that the, the weight work, as I do, can 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 elevate you quickly. But that being said, you know, I've had numerous conversations with him, and he's responded that. You know the passion that he shows in the weight room needs to extend to the pool as well. And where he's, 
he has been able to train always great freestyle. Um, you know, if he wanted to win, you know, the, the 100 and 200 fly and he got the 200 fly gold medal this year, he needed to be able to, to elevate himself in his fly uh, practice sets. And he really bought into that this year. And um, hopefully it's something that can continue. Um, you know, he liked to think he could win 53, the 100 fly and, and the 200 fly uh, anytime he's asked to. And, and more times than that, that, that happens. But the competition in those particular events is, is really powerful in the, in the MAC. And, but I don't think he, he, is, he has any doubt that he could do it, nor do I. A teammate of Connor's, James Whaley, are in the fifth spot. He wrapped up his career this season and registered the highest point scoring season of his four-year career with the team. Yeah, I mean, James is, a, is an interesting guy where, <clears throat> um, you know, we had some, some interesting conversations about his, his training over the four years and, and where, you know, where I thought he needed to be uh, versus what he, he wanted to do. And it never got adversarial. He, he, he was very respectful, respectful. And, you know, every year in our postseason meetings, it was, um, you know, his results, his end-of-the-year results, championship results were, were spectacular. And, and they made, made both of us, um, you know, light up with, with um, enthusiasm and, and, and appreciation of the work that went in. Um, he, he was somebody that kind of came in as, as somebody who was going to be a, a 200 IMR, a, a maybe 400 IMR, and a uh, 200 butterflyer, and really um, moved around in events from, from, from the 5 free to the 2 IM to the 100 fly to the 200 fly to the 400 IM. Great versatility, great work ethic, uh, was fearless, and would always save his best uh, for the championship meet. And what, it wasn't a matter of saving, it was just when all the training came together and, and he was rested and tapered, um, he, he knew he was ready. And um, he went into attack mode and the, the results certainly were, were very significant. Um, he held for a while the, the, the 200 fly record and there's a story for him and Connor and, and Jalen Ramjohn um, all traded back and forth on the record uh, in the same meet. Um, but we, we're, we're going to really miss him, his versatility and his reliability in dual meet season as well in those events. The final member on the men's side, the second highest MAC championship point scorer in the school's history, Chris Yakabachi. Yeah, Yako, um, you know, came in and got better every year uh, and had a great um, um, junior and senior seasons. Just missed Olympic trials in, in the uh, – in the 100 breast went at a long course time trials um, that we were able to get him to. Uh, but his ability to, to, to train at uh, IM and breaststroke were remarkable. Um, he went up against uh, a variety of kids in the conference and breaststroke that were spectacular. St. Peter's had a run there, but they had a bunch, bunch of international kids who were, who were just, you know, superb breaststrokers. And Yanko took it, took it right to him. Um, and, um, you know, was was relentless in his, in his pursuit to get better. Um, made everybody better around him. Uh, loved performing on relays. Was super reliable in season, uh, dual meet season, and in the two IM, um, and and both breaststrokes. Really could swim any, any any event as well as as well as breaststroke. But um, yeah, his breaststroke and IM work and the ability to to come through at the conference level, conference championship were 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 really valuable. As we shift gears towards the women's side now, 
first one we'll look at is, is Allie Chain, obviously a recent, recent graduate, graduated last year and was a part of last year's successful season, the, the greatest season in, in women's swimming history at Max. Yeah, no, Allie was, was, a, was a key part of last year's success um, and with just a spectacular anchor leg on the, uh, the end of the gold medal 200 free, freestyle relay team, um, you know, where she chased down, I think it was a, a Fairfield girl to win uh, the, the women's first gold medal in relay competition in Iona history. Um, uh, had, had numerous team records in the, in the, in the 50 free and, and the 100 fly. Uh, was super valuable in, in our medley relays, um, both 200 and 400. Um, you know, was certainly fearless in the um, in MAC championship competition in the 50 free, uh, 100 free and 100 fly. Uh, one of the harder workers and one of the better women in, in the weight room that, we, that we've ever had. Um, battled um, her last two, three seasons, two years in particular, you know, some shoulder issues, but was always able to, to um, you know, we're able to get her, get her to the finish line every year. And, and you know, she, she got to the championship meet and that's where she really shined. And, and that, that was really important. But she, she, she contributed in every dual meet that she, she swam in. Um, we're going to miss her. Uh, particularly on 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 relays and and the championship meet, but uh, super competitor and that's probably her biggest strength. Next honoree was a 2019 graduate, Maria DeBella, also owned a gold medal. At that one was at the 2018 MAC championships. Yeah, Maria was was interesting. Where she 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 came in as a as a 200 500 girl at at a high school, um, was able to in her first couple of years jump up to the 1,000 and, and 1,650-yard uh, record, um, you know, final in, in 500,000 and, and mile in, in, in MAC championships those first couple of years. Um, you know, it was, was very, very academically motivated in, uh, you know, in the sciences and had a, had a super, super tough academic schedule with bio and chemistry. And, um, you know, it was clear uh, that, you know, um, she was going to have, with her academic schedule, going to have difficulty putting in the yardage work um, in in those third and fourth years. And we were able to modify her her training a little bit and all, and to to have her be to do well at the 200 500 level as well as um, built her her backstroke skill up. And um, through through her hard work, to her credit, um, she was able to come through and really develop her her backstroke swimming. Um, you know, in the 2018, won the gold medal and joined her back at the championship meet, set a school record, and really um, elevated not only herself, but our, our group of women in every year that she was there. The next name is one that us in the athletics department or the athletic communications team have become, <clears throat> have been seeing a lot lately since the MAC has started their 40-year celebration and we've started our all-decade teams, Teresa Harvey, two-sport athlete. <laughs> well, Teresa, you know, when you say two sports, I mean, she was a, I think she was a, a four-year starter for the women's volleyball team. And I think, did they go to NCAAs? Maybe one of those years, I'm not sure. So, yeah. And, um, but, you know, she would, she would go to her, her 20 hours a week of, of volleyball and volleyball is a, a fall sport. We would start in the, in the fall, then would come down from her volleyball practices into, into rec swim. And, and, you know, Nick, what was the workout? Can I have can I have the main set? And she would she would just work out re relentlessly and and um, didn't want to miss a miss a beat. And, and she came here to Iona knowing that she 
I would I would work with her on her volleyball uh, skills. And I think she was an All-American uh, honorable mention in volleyball and in swimming out of Virginia. And um, you know, our partnership, her ability to to be to to have great work ethic and be honest, uh, really paid off. And, and she got better and better uh, at the 50 free, 100 free. Uh, showed some fly skills, and um, we we really enjoyed having her here. And and her enthusiasm was was spectacular. Next honoree, Elizabeth Kazmarek, four-time MAC championship gold yeah. medalist. <clears throat> I mean, when you you talk about you know reliability um, and 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 production, uh, Liz Kazmarek was 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 that. Um, she wanted to win every race that she was she was ever in, whether it was a, a hundred free, two hundred IM, four hundred IM, hundred breaststroke. Um, you know, she was an, another one of those athletes, much like um, you know Justin Griggle, who, who really shined at the championship level. Um, she she really um, uh, I think they, there was a couple year overlap with with Marianne Marielle Mangione, who I think we're going to talk about in a bit uh, in the IM work which really gave us just a spectacular one-two punch in the IMs and really raised uh, individual medley swimming. And that's something that we pride ourselves on here uh, in, in our program, the ability to, to swim, swim IM and uh, be able to go from stroke to stroke. It, it's something that Mary Ellen and Elizabeth really, really did well. And both those women, uh, Elizabeth, you know, had, you know, had some, some work to do in, in their butterflies and backstrokes. The breaststrokes and freestyle were, were super strong, but you know, just through consistent hard work and dedication and, and really um, use this word before, you know, fearlessness in, in terms of, of, of trying to win uh, at practices and, and, and dual meets set them up for the success that they had at, at the championship level. Well, let's talk about Mary Ellen. You just mentioned the overlap between her and Kazmarek. There's overlap with them on that Mac 40th anniversary yeah. team. They were, Mangione, Kazmarek, Harvey, and Shane, all on that 40th anniversary team, as well as being voted to the All-Decade team. Talk about Marianne. Yeah, and all, all four of those women are certainly deserving. And I think any, any team um, or school in the MAC would love to have any of, any of those four women. And we were lucky to have them and lucky to have some of them at the same time. But Mary Ellen really set a standard um, for training um, here at Iona for our women. Um, and, and, and as well as in the classroom, another science major who had a real tough schedule, never shied away from that or used that, her academic workload as a, um, as a reason to try to you know, manage uh, performance or, or lack of performance. She won this one really fast and she battled all the time and was not afraid to, to get up and go after the, the tough events, whether it was five free or, or 4 a.m. or two breasts, um, really led by example and, and workout. Loves, loves swimming the 500 free, and I think she could have been a, a great 500 free swimmer as well as the 200 IM and, and, um, and 4 AM. Um, but just, just a super, you know, super uh, leader, super practice swimmer, super dual meet swimmer, um, did everything that you would ever want her, want her to. And the last honoree on the women's side, 2018 graduate and a long distance freestyle specialist, Caitlin Mahone. Yeah, Caitlin, Caitlin Mahon, who, um, who um, is now an assistant at, at Fairfield with a guy that, you know, helped recruit her, uh, Tony Bruno, um, you know, was, was a model of consistency. Really what could swim 
you know, any of any freestyle event, but really excelled at the at the 200, 500,000 and 1650 and was steady, a steady score in all four years. Um, I think she might have, I think she came up maybe with, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, three, four, five top eight finishes in those events, a couple each year. But it was, it was consistency in, at the championship level and the dual meet level that I think won the, res and in practices, I think that won the respect of her, her teammates um, and, and coaches that, that knew her and worked with her. And um, we were fortunate to have her. Um, and, and, you know, she, she was really, really great for us in, um, in her time here. And that wraps up the All-Decade Team honorees. Nick, thank you for joining us and, and just going over some of that with us. And, of course, congratulations on the well-deserved honor being named to one of the four coach representatives on the MAC 40-year team. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Of course, welcome back to campus. All the student athletes are back. Glad to be back and uh, looking forward to season this year. Thank you. Yes, as, as we are. Thank you to Coach Cavatero. That man can talk when he's talking about the swimming and diving program. Super passionate. Uh, almost nearly four decades of coaching experience in the Heinz Center with that pool. So again, thank you to Coach Cavatero for dedicating some time to us. So all upcoming social media campaigns to keep an eye out on. Uh, the All-Decade team uh, continues to roll on. This week, we're doing the rowing program under the Boyds currently. So be sure to go vote on that on all Iona social media platforms, as well as a Women's Across 40-Year Anniversary team is going to be announced the day we're dropping this, Tuesday, August 11th. Uh, that program, relatively new, 2005, I believe, was its first year. Uh, so some fresh names there that people will recognize. And then also stay tuned to Iona SAC and MACSAC for more information regarding the voter registration initiative. Before we close out, guys, we always like to end on kind of a Gale spotlight. And I think this week, while we didn't pick one in particular player or coach, I think we're kind of picking the collective of the student athletes because student athletes are back. They're back taking classes. They're gonna, some of them are going to be on campus soon with a hybrid format in the classroom. Uh, they've dealt with a lot this summer with the cancellation of now fall sports. The spring student athletes had to deal with their season being canceled as well, and they've had to go through a lot. But I think Matt did a really good job showcasing how these student athletes have the spotlight on them to be a fantastic example for not only our department, but also I want to call it the institution as a whole. And Garrett, you having been a student athlete, you kind of know this, this responsibility well. And I'm sure that you know that your former teammates and all your friends currently and all the fellow RO current student athletes are going to really do a great job kind of leading Gale Nation forward in this social responsibility. Yeah, you're not just representing yourself. You're representing Iona and the name across your chest, which is a lot of athletes take a lot of pride in that. And we do a great job, I think. Yeah, Jack, I mean, these, these players have had to wade through a lot. Um, and But through wading through these tough waters, they're creating some ripples of positivity because they're kind of showing us what they're made of, not just on the field, but also kind of off the field, off the competitive atmosphere with whether it be taking social initiative campaigns and, and really putting them in the spotlight or speaking about things that they believe in. We're kind of seeing the voice of student athletes rise up, and we're excited to see that from our communication standpoint and, and what they can mean. Absolutely. It's awesome to see, you know, one, the athletes taking, you know, advantage of the platform that they have, making a splash here. And, of course, our entire department, and led by Matt, everyone um, on their side and wants them to use that platform and use, be socially responsible and make the right decisions and, you know, get us back to, like we said before, 
what we know and love, which is playing sports and us getting to highlight them doing that. I think we're all excited to see the student athletes back on campus, have their pop their heads into our offices with their masks on, just say hello. I think we missed those little stop bys. So I'm also excited to get my Iona Gales mask. I'm not going to lie to me, you guys. Me too. I really am. I saw the Kelly Shaver prototype that he created, the scarf style where you pull it up. And I'm not going to lie, it looks pretty sweet. So I'm not going to lie. Very, very excited for that, getting that this upcoming week. We're going to be riding in style at the Heinz Center. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. Jack Garrett, thank you for joining me on the Iona College Athletics podcast. Be sure to follow all things Gale Nation on social media at IC Gales. And be sure to stay safe, everyone. Wear a mask. Jack, Garrett, any last words before we sign off? Thank you again, Coach Cavataro and Coach Jansen for joining us. It's always nice to get um, insight from, you know, the resident experts of those teams. So I'm looking forward to hearing from more coaches down the line about the all-decade teams. And, of course, welcome back to the student-athletes. Stay safe. Go Gales and see you next week. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back.